Welcome to We Lead Radio. Your hosts are June Gunter, Beth Hijack, Christine Erickson, and Morgan Reidenauer. This show is a conversation that will focus on reimagining leadership to meet the reality of 21st century business and life in organizations. The conversation is inspired by timeless, natural wisdom for how to lead through uncertainty. Now, here are the hosts of We Lead Radio. Welcome, I'm Morgan Reidenauer, and this is We Lead Radio. Today, as always, I'm here with my amazing co-host, June Gunter. Hello. Beth Hijack. Good morning, good day, good afternoon, everyone. And Christine Erickson. Hey, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about reframing uncertainty and how the concept of certainty and uncertainty affects our work lives. So to start us off, I want to check in with my co-hosts and ask them, how do you guys see uncertainty? I have thought about this a great deal, and um, many of many of our clients have heard me say this, and I hope it's still music to their ears, that everything that's known is in the past. And if you don't want to recreate your past, you have to become friends with uncertainty, because that's where possibility lives. And I think it's time for us to begin to see uncertainty as something we can leverage, not something we have to avoid. And, I, and I'm curious to hear all you, how all you think about that. Well, uh, June, I was, uh, as everyone knows that I, that we are co-hosts here today, um, I love a good story. And every good story starts with what if. And that is uncertainty. And <laughs> Stories uh, give us the opportunity to uh, really dive into that. What if this happens and what's possible and what can we discover? And where might that lead us to? And so I think that shift of that uncertainty is um, a negative or uh, something that we want to avoid, every great story leans into uncertainty absolutely and the most interesting stories are the ones where you really don't know what's going to happen right i think too that um we work with so many organizations that are on the edges of innovation and to for me i define uncertainty as the 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 process uncertainty is a process of creation of creating of innovating it's shifting that energy from Focusing in on the not knowing to what is possible. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I also want to acknowledge that uncertainty can be a very scary thing. And that a lot of us, myself included, struggle with uncertainty feeling very similar to a lack of control and recognizing mm-hmm. that lack mm-hmm. of control. So mm-hmm. as we're continuing this conversation and talking about this reframe, how do we understand uncertainty and really use it to our own benefit? Also, still remembering that it can be quite scary. Yeah. What, what do you think your involvement with horses has, how has that impacted your thinking about uncertainty, particularly as it relates to your work life? I think for me, Morgan, it's um, there's one one nugget that I could if there's one that I could hone in on. It's really about that 
often the next best thing, I think Julia Cameron says this in a quote somewhere, is a small thing. And when you talk about that fear of losing control or not knowing, the uncertainty, um, I know with my clients, I do a lot of one-on-one work. And the, one of the biggest learnings for me in my own experience with horses and with clients is that when we get into that space of not knowing what to do, we do more of what we know. Mm-hmm. We do past mm-hmm. actions over and over. Right. And our energy becomes elevated or escalated or more intense. Mm-hmm. And so now all of our energy is placed on that container of not knowing or what we used to know. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, possi- the opportunities to work with horses and to change in real time, to choose another action or another direction, another way of being, somatically shifts that experience in such a small amount of time Mm -hmm. just by having the freedom to experiment with that and to release some of that fear and the pressure on not knowing and having having just doing that in that small space and not the whole scheme of stepping into that (laughs) massive leadership now we're heading into certainty or uncertainty together I think is really valuable absolutely you know I think the most freeing thing I've ever learned from horses is that noticing is so much more powerful than knowing and it's freeing because I don't have to rely on what I thought was true if I keep listening long enough I've developed a level of trust that I'll figure out what to do Mm -hmm. I don't have to know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, tying into what Christine said and what June said, also, the more I thought about uncertainty, for me, and when I go back to the our diamond model of leadership, it's um, in a moment of uncertainty, where are we choosing to place our attention? And I think that speaks also to what Morgan was talking about, the fear. So um, I think when we're in a moment of uncertainty, the level of presence you have and uh, paying attention or noticing where you need to place your attention. And in in addition to that, that certainty, as Christine spoke to, is almost like a habituation. Mm. Mm -hmm. And when we choose to shift our focus to where we need to place our attention and then some, for me, at least, that starts to dissipate any fear I may have around stepping into a new space. And also, what else might I discover? Where might I be more innovative? Where can I be in collaboration? And uh, there's a moment I'd love to speak to. Uh, we have seven horses, and we uh, walk them every once in a while over to a bigger pasture, and we have to hand walk them. And our one horse, Galen, who is eight feet tall and seven feet long, um, we call him a supersized love muffin, and he's a real <laughs> chicken. But one day we were walking him across. I was walking him. And we walked this past every day, all the time. And he was acting up and just getting all fussy with me and um, nervous. And I, I'm like, come on, Galen, let's just go. We do this every day. We do this all the time. This is the same route. Nothing's changed. Right. And I um, got him over there, and I was walking him back that night, and I thought, this is the first time we did this today. And my level of presence 
was not there. I was in a place of certainty and habituation of this is what we do all the time. And Galen was being present. Hmm. And so I think that's a great thing for leaders and organizations to think about where do I need to place my attention? Where am I falling into a place of certainty or habituation of the known? And when I choose to shift it, what becomes possible? Because when I became present with Galen, we could collaborate. Mm-hmm. We could, I could notice things differently as to staying in a place of certainty mm-hmm. and putting him in that place also. Right. I, uh, there's a, a book that I adore. It's called The Guardians of Being by... Uh, what was that? It, it's, a, it's a book called The Guardians of Being by Eckhart Tolle. And it's this little book of caricatures, and it talks about what animals teach us about being present and in the now. And this guy is about to take his dog for a walk, and he says, what time is it? And the dog says, now. <laughs> and yeah. it, that's, that's it. That's perfect. And what a freeing, joyful place to be. What time is it? Now. That's yeah. Hilarious and insightful, as always, Julie, as always. Yeah, that was one of my favorite cartoons I had in my fridge, too. It's like a dog's favorite time is always now. Yeah. Um, Along the lines of what we've been talking about, too, I think another teaching I've learned working with horses that has stayed with me for so many years is horses have almost a 360-degree view. Mm -hmm. And when you see a large herd of horses, also you can see them – standing in all four of the directions. So when I think about that large view, mm. when, I wor- when I work with clients and in my own experiences too, when we get focused on that space of fear and loss of control again, our bodies, our bodies shift and we tend to look downward and mm-hmm. inward. And what, the greatest reminder I've had all these years is just to look up mm-hmm. and just the act of standing and looking up, not thinking about anything, not trying to do anything, shifts perspective and possibility. And yes. it's a really beautiful accompaniment, I think, to the things that we've been talking about. Yes, I, I have had this conversation with many people. Trust your vision more than your expertise. And when mm-hmm. you do that, you will look up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I had this uh, fascinating conversation with a a gentleman who I'll give a shout out to now. His name is Danvers Flurries, and he has this incredible company that we're working with to do micro learning for teaching horse. And um, they're trying to understand everything that I know about attention. And it has been fascinating conversation to be in with these people. His company's name is Talented. And uh, we were talking about, you know, there's attention to self, other, and environment. And if you can notice yourself, those you're with, and the environment around you, you can make good decisions about what to do next. There's another level of attention, which is noticing what happened, what's happening, and what's about to happen. And if you can entertain all three of those, it gives you another level of agility. And then with that level of trust in what you can notice, uncertainty becomes less fearful because you're you're trusting yourself to make a decision based on what you notice not based on what you know 
Absolutely. So we've really started talking about my next question and what we'll continue to be talking about for the rest of the show. What, what truly becomes possible when we let go of our attachment to certainty? And as my colleagues have, have started to hint at, we, we can become innovative, we can create, we can really see what is happening now and not what has happened before, which is a good place to be. When we come back, we'll be introducing you, our listeners, to an amazing member of Time Zero Enterprises and get her take on uncertainty and how it affects her work life. Remember, you can always tweet us at We Lead Radio, and please do. We would love to hear from you. Or email us at leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. And we will be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Teaching horses on the frontier of leadership development. Get out of the office and into the field to learn what horses have to teach us about leading through uncertainty. Teaching Horse is recognized worldwide as a premier provider of executive and leadership development with horses. Work side by side with horses to apply a simple framework for leading through uncertainty. Practice using attention, direction, energy, and congruence to elevate confidence in your leadership. Contact us at teachinghorse.com to meet your executive leadership and team development goals. Are you among the many who believe it is time to reimagine leadership for the 21st century? Are you considering stepping up to a new level of leadership? If so, we have a resource for you. Go to the Amazon Kindle store and order The Choice to Lead by June Gunter and Beth Hijack. In this book, the authors share what horses have taught them about leadership that will prepare you to take confident steps in the direction of your future. Download your copy today, and we look forward to supporting your growth as a leader. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to We Lead Radio. Tweet us at We Lead Radio to share your thoughts or questions, or send an email to leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Again, that's leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. We have been talking about uncertainty and how to reframe uncertainty, how uncertainty is not the enemy, but actually a friend. 
And I'm going to hand it over to June Gunter to introduce us to our amazing guest from Time Zero Enterprises. So it's my pleasure today to welcome Time Zero Enterprises. Uh, and they, they abbreviate themselves TZE. And it's a global collaborative of organization development scholars, practitioners, business strategists, behavioral scientists, designers, biologists. I mean, just thinking about all of the people that they bring together to think through how to create healthy organizations is fascinating to me. It is the epitome of shared leadership in action, bringing together all those voices to, how to, to, to think about how to create a healthy ecosystem in an organization. And our guest today is Audrey Vasilakes. Audrey has been an organization development leader in two international firm, firms, uh, and we met on a joint project. And I will say that the minute I saw her, I was like, I know you. You know, you just get a feel from people that you are aligned and think the same way and have the same passions. And uh, I, I can't wait for you guys to be in conversation with her. So one of the things that I enjoy being in conversation with Arjuri about is that she's really learned that uncertainty and complexity are forces to be leveraged, hmm. not resisted to produce healthy ecosystems. So I'm going to start by inviting Audrey to tell us a little bit about herself and the mission of Time Zero Enterprises. Welcome, Audrey. Wow, June. And hello, Christine Morgan and Beth. So nice hey, to be Arjuri. talking with you Welcome. Again. <laughs> Thanks for that really nice introduction. It, isn't it something that we're starting here, your first weeks in this program, talking about uncertainty? This means you don't have a past. You don't have a past in this podcast world where everything is known. So everything is to be leveraged and embraced and, and treated like play. How about that? You got that right, sister. Welcome to the party. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> well, at time zero, um, I wanted to virtually bring in my business partner, Sally Braley Parker, who is in the air flying to another place at the moment. Um, so she's here by my side, invisibly. Um, our purpose in Time Zero is this, to support organizations to experience themselves as flourishing living systems. Mm. Organizations as flourishing living systems. Wow. Love that. That's very cool. Yeah, we part... Yeah. Well, tell us what, t give me an example of a flourishing living system in your mind. Sure. We partner with clients to um, offer insights about things that uh, you will recognize as organizational leaders, um, integrating cultures and strategies um, into new mergers and acquisitions, or increasing engagement and preparing for succession, or... Um, starting or redesigning new business models. So that's the context that I'm talking about. And June, if you don't mind, I'm going to talk about the project that you alluded to a minute ago and uh, have you join in this reminiscence with me as we explore what is the flourishing living system. 
I am happy to. And, and Audrey, before we start down that road, I know that there is a horse who has affected you. And that's actually how we met. Can you share a little bit about your experience with Red? I'm so touched. I'm so touched by what you said about um, when, when you and I first met. That, at that time, however long ago that was, a few years ago, that um, observation of yours seemed easy to take in. But the experience that I had with Red was a completely new experience when Red said to me, I felt Red saying to me, I know you. So here's what happened. I I had not been around horses before. In fact, I grew up as a little girl with... um, severe respiratory allergies and asthma, and so I learned to view animals and nature itself as dangerous to my health. Mm. Um, I wasn't even allowed to have stuffed animals in my bed because they collected dust, and that, that could cause my lungs to seize up. So I was a protected child. So a few years ago, June, in your experiential learning ring, the horse Red and other horses in that herd were just a short distance away from me. And I have not in my older age thought about my upbringing and my lack of stuffed animals. Um, that's, but it seeped into my system as, you know, a quiet whisper that says, be careful. So here I was in the ring with this beautiful being in front of me, and it was my turn. You had been teaching the basics of approaching the horses, and it was my turn. Imagine my surprise when I came away from the fence toward Red and the horse just stood there, not backing away in fear, just looking at me without apparent malice or criticism or concern, just standing and looking. It felt so solid. And I came closer, used the basics that you had taught us, being to being, And after a few moments, Red's head went down as if he were inviting me to touch him. I forgot everything. My body released all of that fear of nature. And I felt seen for who I was in that moment, a, a being of nature. A sister to this being in front of me called Red. Not some preconceived idea based on my resume or based on um, what I was wearing or whether I was using the right words. In fact, we weren't speaking at all. And I hope that Red also felt seen. We, we just were together. We just were a unit. It felt transforming. Beth, you were taking pictures. Yep. Do you remember that moment? I mean, you have I, I, I have a like very that. strong um, memory of that moment. And I think you're speaking to something I, I try and talk to, share a lot about that transparency and being seen and allowing yourself to be seen in your teams promotes such incredible trust mm. instantaneously. And that's what I saw. In that moment. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I loved about that moment is that you didn't have to know what was going to happen next. 
It, it didn't matter. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, it, it reminds me of something that we try to teach people, and, and you're teaching them now, Arjuri, which is attention is the precursor to connection. Yes. And I have a new bumper sticker. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that allowing that occurred really is the fundamental definition of uncertainty. It is about allowing Yes. So, tell us a little bit about um, the the engagement that you and I worked on. Tell us about how that reflects using uncertainty, not avoiding it, because it was a really great example. This was an organization that was experiencing a great deal of disruption in their industry. In the marketplace, the digital revolution was causing customers to um, stop using the small distributors that they had been for generations and instead buying from Amazon. Um, This was an industry where larger distributors were buying up smaller ones. And on top of that, um, the way customers' buying patterns uh, were influenced was also changing. There was... um, uh, Regular citizens now were able to blog more and to influence public opinion. And in a company where science and influence through scientific data is so important, to have that uh, overturned or met um, by public opinion was a sea change. And on top of that, internally, um, the executive team was also um, aging and so, and there was no, in effect, no um, succession plan. So, or or it was being created at the time. So, all of these things combined to create a kind of disruption, which is probably very familiar to many organizations today. That's the context. So, in that context, we realized that we needed a strategy for leadership development. What were the leaders of this company? Um, how were they to be and what were they to be doing to meet this new world? And um, we noticed differences in perspectives, what we like to call dynamics, you know, the organizational dynamics of change. So on the one hand, there were people or structures or entities that were on the side of continuity. Let's maintain our culture. And on the other, let's move and innovate and transform. And it made no sense to be on the side of one or the other. It made every sense to be imagining what does that both and look like and feel like. And that begins to explain the kind of dynamic leveraging that this team was invited to do. How do you leverage and balance these two things to create a leadership um, ethos and set of practices for this particular organization. You know, we've got about a minute before we go to break, Audrey, and I I just want to say that's a phenomenal example and a real opportunity to look at. Let's don't get entrenched. Let's use all the forces um, to help us make better decisions. Reality is reality. Let's don't Mm. argue with reality. And I think it was a beautiful example of 
one of the things that is a sign that an ecosystem is healthy is how they handle disturbance. And this is a brilliant example of how you handle disturbance to their reality was to rethink their leadership development strategy and begin to prepare them for the future Mm. rather than be attached to the certainty of the past. Mm. That's That's an excellent example. The The certainty of the past was not working in this brave new world out there in the industry and in here in the company. What an excellent conversation, and I cannot wait to continue it. We will be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Teaching horses on the frontier of leadership development. Get out of the office and into the field to learn what horses have to teach us about leading through uncertainty. Teaching Horse is recognized worldwide as a premier provider of executive and leadership development with horses. Work side by side with horses to apply a simple framework for leading through uncertainty. Practice using attention, direction, energy, and congruence to elevate confidence in your leadership. Contact us at teachinghorse.com to meet your executive leadership and team development goals. Are you among the many who believe it is time to reimagine leadership for the 21st century? Are you considering stepping up to a new level of leadership? If so, we have a resource for you. Go to the Amazon Kindle store and order The Choice to Lead by June Gunter and Beth Hijack. In this book, the authors share what horses have taught them about leadership that will prepare you to take confident steps in the direction of your future. Download your copy today, and we look forward to supporting your growth as a leader. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to We Lead Radio. Tweet us at We Lead Radio to share your thoughts or questions, or send an email to leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Again, that's leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. We've been talking with Arjuri of Time Zero Enterprises about uncertainty and the role it plays in our work lives. We've been talking about how we reframe uncertainty, and we're going to continue this conversation. Beth, will you talk to us a little bit about what we're going to be talking about next? Yeah, I would love to, Morgan. Um, So we're going to really do a dive into how we, Teaching Horse and Time Zero, and One Legacy Coaching, Triple Play Farm, are uh, living what we are teaching about embracing and uncertainty and seeing it as possible ways of innovating and um, shifting our perspective to what's possible. So, Audrey, I'd love for you to speak to us a little bit about Time Zero and how your organization, organization, excuse me, is living what you are teaching. This reminds me a little bit about your principle of congruence. 
What we're about is helping organizations in the midst of disruption to be bringing in principles of nature. The wisdom of natural ecosystems already knows how to be resilient, already knows how to self-organize in the face of constant evolution. Right. And the bringing in those principles with our client partners is not enough for us. If we are to be a living system ourselves, time zero, we also are bringing in principles of nature to uh, encourage and support our own evolution. Um, so the first thing that we... Uh, there are several reperceptions of ourselves and our organizations that we are doing for ourselves, the exact same ones that we invite our client partners. The first is to see ourselves as a living system, not just a machine where Sally and I and our collaborators are cogs in a wheel with policies that say, first you do this, then you do that. The second invitation is to see change, see change in the context of evolution as opposed to um, something that needs to be stabilized and then when those industry forces change things again, then to restabilize them. But rather, how do we build capacity within time zero to constantly adapt? And number three, to see our, ourselves as part of an interconnected web of life. And one way that Sally and I do this is that we, weekly and sometimes more frequently, we engage in what we call interbeing practices, she and I. We spend time looking at not just what we're doing and with whom are we doing in our business, but how are we being with each other. Mm. And, um, and there are many practices that I, I could share with you, but I'm curious to hear how you, how you do congruence at Teaching Horse. Well, there's a couple of ways I want to talk about that. Um, when we thought about how to organize Teaching Horse, we had to organize it as a living system. You know, there's this metaphor that you'll hear a lot of people in, in leadership development or coaching say, which is, we try to meet people where they are. And it's a metaphor. For us, it's not a metaphor. We actually go to where the client is. And... Um, that means that we have to be nimble and agile and be ready to meet a client in Ohio or Kansas or California or Colorado. And in some cases where they want us to show up, we've never been before. And how cool is that? We get to work with horses we've never met on a weekly basis. That's one of the, <laughs> our favorite parts of our job. Yeah. And whenever we're with the clients, there's a stated need, and while we're with the horses, a different need will emerge. Mm. That's mm. just true. And we have to be able to balance both things. And the only way we do that, to your point, Audrey, is to be in congruent conversations with each other. What do yeah. you see? What do you see that I don't see? And how can we come to a decision about how to best serve the people we are working with in that moment? Mm. You know, I think, too, I think too. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, Audrey. Or oh, I can no, go. No, please, I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think, too, one of the most important things um, for us, for me at least, with congruence is feeling, 
feeling like you're in an environment where it's safe to be congruent. And I feel like a lot of people have learned that it is not safe to be congruent. Um, and so hearing you talk about kind of the accountability that's happening at Time Zero for this expectation of congruence is great because it's not only allowing congruence, but encouraging it and almost holding people accountable for being real and mm -hmm. true to who they are, mm -hmm. which is what we try Isn't to do here as well. We have to call that out. <laughs> you know, we were with a client last week and um, I was blown away because one of the one of the one of the conveners of this particular engagement we were working with came up to me and made a special point of saying, I love all of your facilitators. They are just so real. And I thought, Wow, that's cool. It was <laughs> it was joy to hear it and also bittersweet that it's such an unusual experience for people to what you're saying. be with real people. Yeah. Yes. Well, Isn't it's that sad something? that people don't feel like that they can be real. And uh, to build on both what Audrey is saying and Morgan and June, uh, we had an opportunity not long ago where we had to get a team out to San Diego. And uh, at the same time, there were the wildfires happening in Northern California. There was a massive uh, hurricane. hurricane in the panhandle of Florida. And this team I was leading, and two of Christine was one of them. And she was coming from Northern California. And Karina was coming from Florida. And it was from beginning to end the practice of how, where are you going to place your attention in every moment of uncertainty mm -hmm. that comes along. And I felt like that we would, we would be successful no matter what happened because I truly believed and trusted the people that I was working with, that we were, that we were leading, we were leading together. And that in the model, the teaching horse shares and lives on a daily basis. So no matter what arose in any moment, whether it was Christine saying, you know, I don't know if I'll get to the airport. And Karina saying, I'm not sure if I'm going to get a flight out. And knowing that these two people were making significant sacrifices, leaving their families to get where we needed them. Mm. And I think that uh, Christine, I'd love to hear you speak to it about what your experience was throughout. Yeah, yeah one, well, throughout that would be a long story. But one point that I really want to hone in um, how Beth held that space um, that has to do with something I mentioned earlier about when we get stuck in what, in the on knowing and we keep doing the same thing, how our energy escalates or increases or intensifies and what I trusted and what I received from Beth all along the way to every call or every text was that it was okay no matter what if I didn't make it if I did make it there was going to be a way that they would do it but it was also the same invitation that holds me to wanting to be there 
mm-hmm. through those right. circumstances that that it held that connection. She didn't respond in a way um, that escalated the already intense energy and emotions of the situations that we were in. And that was really, really key. I I think, oh, were you going to say something? No, no. Morgan. Oh, okay. Sorry. Which, which makes me think about how I hold, we've been using the word congruence. And I think that um, a lot of the work that I do, I use, I use the terminology of creating integrity and cultures. Mm -hmm. And it's looking at, you know, the work from our intention to impact and really assessing that as we go. And I think having congruence in our work and with each other is what allows us to assess uncertainty and to keep moving in it because there's a baseline for things mm-hmm. that, that we're standing on. It, we don't know what it's going to look like, but we're right. trusting we're, right, we're right. trusting the movement. We're trusting the choices, whether it's a redirect or, or a direct or a straight direction um and i think that's a real distinction and value in being able to feel safe as you were saying in doing that and to express ourselves that way you know when people say your facilitators were so wonderful because they were real i often hear well why are you so accessible i always find that an interesting word and i think you know i'm not trying to do it's just when I'm being in that presence, it's considered being accessible. And so it creates different possibilities for connection, for other people to express themselves more deeply in the work that they're doing. Um, so, yeah, just some different terminology on the, same, on the same conversation. One of the things that I really appreciate about Audrey, and I know we share this, is that both of our businesses are unconventional to say the least. I don't I don't know many organization development companies that have biologists that work with them. And you know, Audrey, when I listen to you talk about your your past with nature and your current state with nature, I think it's just a, a brilliant juxtaposition to know where you've taken your your life and your company. So mm-hmm. uh, but what we share in common is if we have shared purpose, we have shared values and we are with people that we care about and trust, we'll take the risk. I think it's important what you're saying. You've been talking about safety and holding a safe space for uncertainty. For me, when I was a little girl, literally, the world felt unsafe. Mm -hmm. And we are almost, so many of us in organizational life are almost mistaking life-threatening danger with the danger of not being real or the danger of being real, of being whole, of being present, as though that's going to hurt us. And what you're doing in holding the space, I think is a really important model for organizations to step into, starting with presence, placing attention on what is. After all, nature teaches us that change arises out of what is. Absolutely. Um, there's something that really came up as we were all speaking, and is that I think a lot of people uh, attach uncertainty to great disruption. Hmm. But there's always uncertainty. And how are we stepping into those places where uncertainty is joy or hmm. play? It's not always on the edge of disruption. 
I had this great conversation with two friends of ours this week, and uh, so shout out to Angela and Amelia. And uh, I asked Amelia, "How do you leverage uncertainty in your work?" And she said, "It's how you create aspiration." Hmm. I thought, "Oh my word! I love what you wow. just said, and I can't wait to say it on the radio." <laughs> Well, we do have to go to break. Fantastic. Marjorie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Time Zero Enterprises. We hope we'll continue to be in conversation with you. Listeners, remember you can always join this conversation and we would love to hear from you. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Teaching horses on the frontier of leadership development. Get out of the office and into the field to learn what horses have to teach us about leading through uncertainty. Teaching Horse is recognized worldwide as a premier provider of executive and leadership development with horses. Work side by side with horses to apply a simple framework for leading through uncertainty. Practice using attention direction, energy, and congruence to elevate confidence in your leadership. Contact us at teachinghorse.com to meet your executive leadership and team development goals. Are you among the many who believe it is time to reimagine leadership for the 21st century? Are you considering stepping up to a new level of leadership? If so, we have a resource for you. Go to the Amazon Kindle store and order The Choice to Lead by June Gunter and Beth Hijack. In this book, the authors share what horses have taught them about leadership that will prepare you to take confident steps in the direction of your future. Download your copy today, and we look forward to supporting your growth as a leader. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to We Lead Radio. Tweet us at We Lead Radio to share your thoughts or questions, or send an email to leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Again, that's leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to the conversation we're having about reframing uncertainty. And we just couldn't quite let Arjuri go. So we've asked her to stay on for a little bit longer and continue to share her experience and her wisdom with our audience. Christine, how are we going to wrap up this show? Yeah, thank you, Morgan. I'd love to invite Arjuri to um, offer any parting words or wisdom or wrap up, what would you like to leave the audience with that best reflects your beautiful work and experiences that you've been sharing with us here today? I might reframe to say our beautiful work. I am so inspired (laughs) by what you are doing too. And I just imagine what might it be like to be in natural life-giving organizations where we all show up whole where there is fluidity to our work, where there is ease in our interactions, and where teams are present and leverage the energies that are in their environments that can lead to success. 
what I'd like to leave with your audience is flourish. Hmm. A you powerful know, vision. You know, I want to I wanna say that as I'm listening to you talk, Audrey, I want to give a shout out to a group of people that I adore, and they are affectionately referred to as June's Nurses. And I know they're listening, and I hope they're doing a happy dance right now. And one of the things that I am so excited about for them is they have learned how to trust each other, and they have learned how to collaborate. And as a result, they are working in a time of great constraint, and they are doing it with joy and fun and innovation and it's exactly what you're saying. They're having conversations with each other that are enabling them to flourish. Beautiful. How about you, Christine or Beth or Morgan? What's some of the thoughts you've had based on our conversation and how, how we can start even experimenting with new thoughts in what we're doing? Well, well, you know, going back to a lot of the learning for myself in teaching horse is through these moments of uh, what feels huge uncertainty, wildfire, storms, what's going to happen. What can we do when we're not in the moments of huge uncertainty? And I just want to keep circling back to that because I think we so attach to uh, the significant change or uh, opportunity comes when there's uh, something so traumatic or disruptive. And I think uncertainty is happening on a continuous basis. And we, we see the horses do that all the time. They're relaxed and they're ready. And they're continually learning and to evolve. They don't get into a place of habituating even though it looks like this, the same routine every day, it's not. So as an organization, I'm curious for us to start to model. I think we do already, but it's just a different place for me to step back and say, like, well, how are we doing it? What might we be doing differently? You know, I had that experience today. We were um, preparing for our show and our, our horses were grazing in the pasture in the morning. We were looking at them and noticing just how peaceful they were and I think even though you live in an uncertain environment not everything is uncertain Hmm. and there are routines that you can create that give people a sense of safety when they need it and a place to take a breath and just be present with what is now and I think that's you know as as we continue to move faster and work more, I think we have to find ways to take that breath and right. to find those moments of peace with each other, just like Audrey described with Sally. Yes. This, this really is something that's standing out to me as I'm listening to this conversation and reflecting on it, that there is, there is or there can be a certainty to congruence, that though the world is full of what I perceive to be often unsettling or scary uncertainties, you can be sure of some things, you can be certain of yourself, and hopefully you can be certain of your team. And I think 
the overlap between congruence and uncertainty is congruence allows that certainty of self and a trust and faith in your team, even as you face uncertainty in the world. Well, you know, what Audrey said about her uh, encounter with Red, there is joy in uncertainty. Absolutely. There is joy. There is laughter. There is play. There is so many positive things in uncertainty. And that reframing of uncertainty is this, we need to brace against it. There's a spectrum of possibilities. Yes, there certainly can be. There's no certainty in uncertainty. (laughs) Put that on a t-shirt. Well, and you know, congruence is about making a choice. The Mm. choice in how you respond to it. Yeah, where you place your attention. Christine? What stood out to me is I just, I really love the time zero terminology of just even reframing living systems as organizations. I think oftentimes, you know, we talk about where, what we're paying attention to in ourselves and others in our relationships and the environment. But I think it's a real invitation back to that and all the dynamics that play into that, as we're saying, from play and joy to the, the disruptions that are painful and how to navigate those. Um, but I think so often in organizations and client spaces, we, we talk about um, the systems from product and service perspectives or from strategic planning and certainty and uncertainty around that and the people part of it, inviting people into those spaces intentionally, into mm-hmm. those safe spaces, so to speak, to be able to utilize the creativity to speak to those systems and to bring movement into those processes mm-hmm. is just so so important and such a base in this work for me. I got into coaching and the horsework because of people and mm-hmm. because of the experiences people were not having in leadership and in that space. And I think it's just a really beautiful invitation into just e- even having the thought of your organization as a living system. Well, Audrey, again, we can't thank you enough. I I believe you're doing beautiful work in the world and I'm glad we're constantly collaborating. So thank you for being willing to be in this conversation with us and continue to share leadership with us and frankly to go on this adventure with us. Back at you. I will continue to see you on this path of joyous uncertainty. Thank you again. Thank you, Audrey. We are heading out. That's it for us this week, but we will be back next week and we hope you'll join us. Next week, we'll be talking about confidence in uncertainty. How do we be confident? And we'll have another amazing guest to talk to us about her experiences in her life and business with that as well. Remember, tweet us, we lead radio, email us, leadershipconfidence at teachinghorse.com. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to We Lead Radio. Be sure to join your hosts, June Gunter, Beth Hijack, Christine Erickson, and Morgan Reidenauer next Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, which is 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And we'll see you on this same path next week.